I've been letting everyone kind of introduce themselves. So I'm just going to start off, uh, say, first, I'd like to welcome you, Doug, to the front porch. Thank you. Welcome to the front porch with Brian Beaudry. We'll start off with the basic questions. Who are you and where are you from? Uh, my name's Doug Haas. I'm from uh, Minnesota. Own Crown Rental. We've got three locations. And I've uh, been doing this for 35 years. All right. You said Minnesota in the most Minnesota of ways, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think you're required to say Minnesota <laughs> that way. Uh, all right. What's one suggestion that you give a friend in the industry who isn't a direct competitor for 2024? Uh, you know, I, I had quite a few friends that have done that. Um, treat your customers right. Um, keep your equipment in good shape. and uh, Everything else will go your way. All right. Yeah, that one sounds like solid advice for, for any year, I think. Yeah. Okay, now let's let's think about someone who's like, maybe a little bit of a frenemy or a friend slash enemy, uh, someone who it's like, I want to give you something that sounds like good advice, but if it should happen to not work out for you, that's also kind of okay by me. Uh, what, what advice would you give them? <laughs> if I didn't want them to succeed, I'd say, you don't want to get into this or you should retire. Um, I guess trust everybody. <laughs> that that would be a good one to um more and more you have to, you know, be cautious of who you rent to. We're GPS and all our equipment now and and uh there's I've always said there's one percent of the people that are out there that are bad and yep. it hasn't changed since cowboy days, but uh that one percent number is getting bigger because the world's getting bigger, so so you gotta be cautious and, and be careful about who you rent to. Yeah. And I mean, everyone has all these technology tools and it, it gives everyone power. Yes. Yeah. The professional crooks have uh, <laughs> GPS locators so they can find them. <laughs> so. Okay. So did you grow up wanting to run a, a rental outfit or, or no? Uh, no, I grew up on the farm. I was going to be a farmer. Um, and, uh, and I, I went to vocational school for farm equipment mechanics and uh, and got into the automotive industry because there was no money in farming. Okay, so that's uh, why. I was going to say, why why did you say not to farming? And uh, I uh, got, I loved being a mechanic, but uh, I didn't like being an auto mechanic because nobody likes getting their car fixed. That's true. And uh, so I actually went back to school for heavy truck mechanics and... Uh, Found a job at the rental store that needed a mechanic, and I started there as the first employee when they opened up and ended up buying the company 25 years later. Okay, so I've always kind of wondered <laughs> how, how this works out. Are you just, like, saving an extra amount? How, how do these things work out where someone who's working for a place is able to buy the place? Because also, supposedly, Wayne did this with Point of Rental, and I don't, I don't know how he uh, it, did that. Uh, well, in my case and everybody I've known that have done it, the owner has to want to sell it to you. Yeah. Um, so that they can they price it for you. Um It's one of those like this guy's gonna do right by this business and Yeah, you know, my Ron who I bought our business from, he says, you know, if I 
give it to my kids will destroy it. So I don't want them to have it. I, and I know you'll take care of it. And, and so we worked, you know, quite a few years on, on uh, me buying into it. And, and he priced it where it worked out good for me and for him. So, it, uh, but yeah, if I would have been a guy off the street trying to buy it, I couldn't have done it. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. I'm yeah. I'm now less confused. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm definitely I'm definitely not making enough to yeah. buy my own business. I you have to talk to Wayne. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd like to structure this where I buy from you here. For you. <laughs> no, I I think it would also not work out if I were to buy. It. I have too much of a like. Eh, let's just try something out for fun streak <laughs> in me that I don't think will work out, and I think the customers really wouldn't like it. Uh, okay, so. What what's more interesting about working on like heavy trucks versus versus regular cars? Uh there's nothing more interesting. The reason <laughs> I went for uh, heavy trucks is because then I could get into a fleet mm. where one person or one company owned the vehicle. So um, in the automotive industry, it was you know oh I can't afford to fix this. Can you patch it? So you'd patch it, and then a month later it'd break again, and they came back mad. Yeah. But you just patched it to get them a little more time. You told me you didn't want um, it fixed. So, um, so yeah, I, and that that's where rental worked out well for me, um, and it, it actually worked out nicer because in rental you're working on something different every every minute of every day. And I I still get back into the shop every once in a while and uh, work on stuff. So I, I I like fixing things. So all right, I'm I'm glad that you get to do that because I feel like. There's there's that opportunity to just seclude yourself and and not get back to it and, and not get out in the garage. You know, and personally, I don't know how. I know there's a lot of people that own rental stores that have no mechanical ability, but I, it, it <laughs> blows my mind that, um, how how they do it. But uh, but they do it, and, and it's it is always about you know hiring the people that have the strengths you don't. You know, it's my daughter runs our financial end of the business and. I hate it, and she loves it, and so it works out well that way. So. It, it's very convenient when that works out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially you know having a beard daughter. It's like all right, perfect. Yep. <laughs> okay, so hmm. do you think that your experiences outside the rental industry uh, influenced how you do your job today? Oh yeah, yeah. It's you go through life, you learn something from everybody, and and I worked for some great people, you know, in my life that. That taught me some good life lessons on how to treat people. And, and uh, okay, drop, I need a good life lesson right now about how to treat people. Treat them exactly how you want to be treated. Don't <laughs> don't step on other people's toes. Don't don't try to take advantage of people. Um, if you treat somebody right, they'll come back. Um, if you try to get too much money out of them the first time you deal with them, they're not coming back. Um, yeah. So. It, don't make it about the dollar. Make it about doing a good service for the customer. The money will come back eventually for you. All right. Yeah, that's good advice. I like that one. Uh, let's see. So, I guess so. When you're when you're buying this place, it, it's a case of it's just when he happened to want to sell it, right? It's not a case of like, hmm, I feel like I'm an owner now. Let's let's see if I can buy this. Um. Yeah. I mean, we. we we probably started talking about it 10 years before we started the, the 
actual transaction of me starting to buy the stock. Um, and uh, That makes sense. It seems a lot more responsible to, <laughs> to have a plan like 10 years in advance and yeah, it's it's a, it's a process. And in one of the conversations we had, I, I was running the company and I was growing it, you know, 15, 20% a year. And I made the comment one day, I said, you know, I keep growing the company like this. I'm not going to be able to afford it. He said, well, let's set a price right now. <laughs> and so oh, we nice. sat down and set a price right then. So even if I tripled, which I did triple the size of the company from that day, um, the price that I had to pay didn't triple. All right, that that's good. I was I was worried that this was going to end with you just being like, so I kind of slowed my roll and I was like, <laughs> you know what? Maybe we don't need to do things so well right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing you got to work. And and we still we have we have lunch and that's I was just talking to him on the phone here before this, but uh, we have lunch every week yet. And we get together and have we're really good friends after spending thirty five years together. So yeah, that's nice. Man, I haven't well. It would be really weird for me to have hung out with anyone for 35 years. But <laughs> uh, Let's see. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite part of working in the rental industry? Uh, it can yeah, be multiple things. It's okay. People are good. Um, I, I the do, 99% that are good. The 99% are good. I, I do enjoy interacting with the, the customers, um, helping them complete their projects. Um, but I really like the equipment. Uh, you got to have a passion for the equipment to make it fun. Okay, so it's gonna break. It, it's equipment. I always say that's, being a mechanic, it was always job security. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Something's gonna break. Okay, so like I know a lot of owners are. I mean, you don't really like seeing your stuff broken or or maybe uh, mishandled, but but you maybe like it because it's like all right. Um, I don't like what, <laughs> when it's mishandled, but. Uh, but I know it's going to break. It just doesn't. Okay. You know, even when people abuse stuff, it used to really upset me, and I get all wound up nowadays. It's I, you know, I kind of take it in stride. It's happened so much that uh, I, I just go after. You know, you got to pay for it. You know, and yeah. I'm not going to be mad at you, but you got to pay for it to fix it. And uh, in Minnesota, we've got good theft of service laws, um, where if if you don't pay me. I can put charges against you, and, and uh, okay. so that usually encourages them to, to pay up. <laughs> good, good. So what was it like, um, I guess, what was the process for you trying to get rid of that attitude where it's like I am really angry about Because I, I know I would feel like a sense of ownership over that stuff, and I'd be really mad, but like, hey, you broke my stuff, man. I, I think it's an age thing. <laughs> you just get calmer <laughs> as you yeah. get older. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, you know, I, I had one one trailer. At a lady lady rented it. it. Was a couple months old, and she loaded it wrong and rolled the trailer and totaled it. Sent it back to the factory. They rebuilt it. I got it back a few months later. Another guy rolled it and totaled it. And I stood there in the lot with the second guy, and I says, you know, that's what we got insurance for, right? <laughs> I says, <"It's, laughs> nothing you or I can do about it now. And, and uh, Maybe that one's just jinxed. Did you ever think about that? I, I <laughs> it, it didn't get rebuilt. Well, it, it went to auction. I, I actually rebuilt it the second time and sent it to auction, but uh, ended up buying a new trailer. It just okay. took a year to get it because I 
supply chain issues now, but but it's not wrecked yet. It's not wrecked. It's right, still good. nice and shiny new. All right, we'll have to we'll have to follow up on that old one. With whoever <laughs> bought it from you, and we need to know if it if it crashed again. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, is there anything that, I, I like to ask everyone this? Is there anything that you ever bought like? Maybe someone else recommended it, and you weren't sure about it actually, like renting, but you went ahead with it anyway, and it just really surprised you, and and was amazing. Um, I've had uh, both things happen to me. One thing I have learned over the years: um, it's very tough to make a market, but it's real easy to fill a market. So if you've got people asking for things, use your missed call logs and and buy that thing um okay. i've gone to the show many times and saw something i thought that is really cool and i bought it and it sits in the showroom and looks pretty forever we had uh, one example was a, a concrete planer we bought it sat in the showroom for five years with zero rentals and finally we got somebody to uh, rent it and uh I had to give that rent away for free because the gas was so old it was gummed up and it didn't work for him. <laughs> but uh, Oh, dang. I thought it was going to be a case where it's like, you want to rent? Why don't you go ahead and buy it? <laughs> since, since then, it has taken off and it's been a good rental item. But it just, oh. it, we had it before its need time in our area. You're a visionary. And, and uh, yeah. But we bought a rock vacuum. We were one of the first ones to buy a rock vacuum for la vacuuming landscape rocks. And that, that market we made, um, and it, it started off slow, but then took off really well. I mean, I just learned that that was a thing today, yeah. and I kind of want one now. <laughs> we, we, we're on our third one, so <laughs> they, uh, they work well. So is this like, you know, home contractors or... or Landscapers and do-it-yourselfers rent that. Yeah. Um, okay. So it, it, if you've ever tried to shovel rock, decorative rock off yeah, of plastic, I'm, it doesn't work. And that's that's how it got invented. The, it, well, he's actually a farmer, but uh, Christensen Systems in Minnesota, they make the big vacuum grain unloaders. Okay. And uh, he was doing his landscape rock, and and it wasn't going well. And he says, oh, I, "I'm into vacuum excavators for gravel or for corn." He says, I can make one for rock, and he made one for rock. Yeah, I have some area in my backyard where it's like, mm, you know what? I'm okay with the rock being there. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't care enough. It's Especially fine. this summer when it's been 100 degrees <laughs> oh, every yeah. day. So. But now that I know there's this vacuum thing, I mean, that just sounds fun to play with, really. Yep. All right. Is there anything that did the opposite, though, where, oh, I, I mean, obviously you mentioned that there's a bunch of stuff that you thought would be really popular, but it's not that it wasn't popular. It's that it was popular in the future. <laughs> well, the, the planer was, you know, it took time. Um, I just bought a uh, drywall lift for hanging drywall on the wall. Um, simple little tool, and it was only a couple hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars, something like that at show. But I thought, you know, this is a really slick tool, but yeah. it has not rented. And I think it's, you know, a lot of times it's a new tool, nobody knows about it. Yeah. So if I was a better podcaster or something like that where I advertise it more, it may go better. Mm. But I think right now that, you know. Maybe when we visit you one day, we'll, we'll help make you a video and show how cool it is. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken the class on how to make videos, and I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Andrew uh, has a lot of extra skills that it's like, mm. <laughs> He makes it yeah, look but, very easy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, my my video skills, it's one of those things like internally I'll make some of them just because it's like, eh, we don't. it doesn't require a whole bunch of production. And it's like, yeah, you can tell when it's me. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, I, I usually ask people this. Uh, what brought you to Point of Rental since I know you've been with Point of Rental for a long time. Yeah, so we were... Uh, looking uh, at new rental software and uh, looked, I'd, I'd studied pretty much almost for a year on different, we were down to two options. One was point of rental and, and uh, point of rental actually at back in, that would have been 2004, um, they, they gave you a book of every customer they had. Um, it told you, you know, who they were, where they were, what if they were general tour or, or event, uh, if they were single location or multi-location. So I went through that book and I circled out five companies that were similar to what we had. Mm-hmm. And I called them and every one of them said, you know, the support is phenomenal. Um, and, uh, and Earl um, was phenomenal, is phenomenal. But uh, yeah. Um, I talked with Earl beforehand because we were, with our old system, we were having trouble where when we'd transfer equipment from one store to the other, bulk items, um, there'd be overbooking problems. And so I asked Earl about that, and he said, not a problem with our system. So we bought Point of Rental, and, and we bought it in, in the fall, in October, and Tom came up and trained us on it, and got all trained, and he wanted to set everything up. And I says, no, we're not going live till January 1. He says, what? <laughs> you, you just bought the system and you're not going live? I says, no. I says, I, for tax reasons, I said, I want one software to print off till the end of the year, <laughs> and then I'm going to start new. And I used the time from October till uh, the end of December to, clean up a lot of stuff that they had imported from our old system that I didn't want in there. And, and so I, I got real familiar with the program before we even went live, which helped a lot, I think. But, yeah, I was uh, going to say, that sounds like a good... I, I, to give an idea how phenomenal the, the support was, I, I'd be playing around with it, working on it at night at home after work. And so it'd be 11, 12 o'clock at night, yeah. and I'd have a question and I'd pick up the phone and call Point of Rental, and Earl would answer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was before TeamViewer. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> and he'd talk me through it. <laughs> it didn't matter what time I called, he'd answer. So, yeah, uh, he was, he was uh, probably the best support person that Point of Rental's ever had. <laughs> yeah, Earl was awesome. But, you know, sometimes you just get tired of answering calls at 11 and (laughs) (laughs) when when the company got bigger than five employees they quit answering after hours but (laughs) okay let's play the yes or no well i call it yes or no game but really this is going to be haas or nas if you agree with something the thing that i'm going to say say haas and if you disagree with it, say NAS. And then I, I need to have a reason for, for why you're going to agree or disagree with it. Okay. All right, so the first one is Haas or NAS, you've cheated at a board game. Haas. 
What's what's the one that you're cheating at? Uh, Monopoly. I was going to say, I think that's <laughs> Monopoly tradition is like you have to cheat. Yeah. Okay, that, that one's allowable. Uh, Nas, you, if you could find out how you were going to die, you would want to know. I'm, uh, I'm not threatening you, by the way. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, house. I'd like to know. I Okay. I won't, I won't ask. <laughs> house or not, you've told an outrageous lie to a child. Oh, house, yeah. Your own children, you lie to them all that's the time. Right. That's, that's what kids are for. Yep, they believe anything. <laughs> all right. Uh, house or not, there's something you believe that no one else seems to agree with you about. <laughs> that lockers are the new technology <laughs> for rental. <laughs> No, I agree with you, so that doesn't count. <laughs> okay. I, I, I take a lot of crap from my friends for my lockers. It's been four years sitting there, but um, I, yeah, I believe, I truly, truly believe that uh, this long road we've traveled is going to pay off. I was going to say, it's very much like your, your concrete thing, where it's like just five years in advance. You saw it the future, just everyone else was slow. At the dinner table, I used to tell my kids my vision of these lockers mm -hmm. and i said it won't happen in my lifetime so it still may not happen in my lifetime but <laughs> that's the reason that you want to find out how you're gonna yeah. <laughs> i'll get locked in a locker yeah. <laughs> okay uh Hasar nas you're all in on new technology like ai and augmented reality uh nas i i'm not it's way above my head i i don't understand it all I got you. I'm I'm skeptical and uh, concerned as well. So it's like, mm, have you guys watched any of these movies <laughs> about <laughs> making everything smarter than us? Yep. It doesn't go well for us. Yep. <laughs> so, what do you call a factory that makes mm, okay products? A satisfactory. <laughs> what's one trait all successful leaders have in common in your opinion they're motivated self-motivated yeah um, and uh, they're likable the good ones people want to follow them that's people fair believe in them those those are two things but yeah i mean it's uh i saw an ad not too long ago picture of a shopping cart sitting in the middle of a parking lot and it said no i've never seen anybody that's been successful that hasn't put their cart away um and it's true it's you know yeah. i get up in the morning i gotta do something I, and i've got neighbors that can sleep till noon and that just drives me nuts i don't understand how they can do that <laughs> yeah it's like i think when i was younger i used to be able to sleep in and now it's like uh, it's like seven. I I slept in. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's a that's a sleep in for me too. If I could make it to seven, normally it's five a.m. and and I'm up and that's and, the farmer in you. And I and I gotta I gotta go do something. I can't sit down. So all right, well, good. That's I was gonna ask what specifically motivates you, but it sounds like you're you're just naturally like I just hey, gotta I, I gotta just gotta, gotta go. I gotta do something. All right, cool. Uh, 
Oh yeah, let's talk about Harley riding. I see you're wearing a Harley thing. Yep. So when did you get into? When did you know you were going to have a Harley? And and um, well, I, <laughs> I always wanted one, um, and uh, I'd save up the money for it. And my wife would tell me that I had to be responsible, and uh, we needed a new kitchen, or <laughs> we needed this, or needed that. So I never got one. And then uh, on my fortieth birthday, my wife surprised me with with my first Harley, and. Everybody asked me how she knew what I wanted, and I said, Sorry. <laughs> I've been talking about it since like, we got I married. <laughs> so um, she got us our first one, and that was in uh, 2001. And, and uh, we put 135000 on that one tour in the country, and, and uh, we got a new one in 2020. She got me for Christmas, an updated one. Nice. So that's my. That's my road bike now, and I, I held on to the 2001, and uh, that's our our beat around town bike. We still I was going to say you got to have, yeah. It's uh, it it sounds much better the old <laughs> ones do from the new ones, but mm. the new ones they they got power and <laughs> they're a little a lot heavier, but smoother riding down the freeways. So, mm. although I don't do a lot of freeways, but okay. So, so where are you going? I, you you mentioned you toured all all over the country. Where's where's your uh, highlights? Well, so our, for our twenty fifth wedding wedding anniversary, we went west, um, as one should in Harley. And uh, I think I was in Utah, and I saw a sign that has pretty much described me. It said, "Young riders need a destination; old riders just need a direction." And uh, and that's it drives people nuts. But we just pick a direction and go. I we travel all the back roads, and I, I figured out kind of when Google Earth came out. I think it was one of our first trips coming to Texas here. And uh, I was looking at Google Earth, and all roads go north and south and east and west. Pretty much. So if you don't have to be to a certain address, just keep heading the direction you want to go. You may have to go right for a while before you can go left again, but um, you're going to get there if you keep heading there. And uh, you find the coolest little towns and the neatest people and, we don't make reservations anywhere because we don't know where we're going to be. And Whenever you get go. tired and you just want to stop. When we went west, everybody said, where are you going? We said, west. And they said, where to? And we said, we're going to go west till we hit water, and then we're going to take a left. <laughs> that, that's the way to do it. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, so we went west when our uh, 25th anniversary we went for 25 days and put on 7,000 miles. And then on our 30th, we went east and, Spent 30 days and put about 7,000 miles on, did the whole East Coast. And we were supposed to go to Alaska for our 35th, but COVID shut that down. So You're going to drive, drive there? Right Why? there, yeah. yeah. Why? <laughs> it's, 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 it's only a 7,000-mile ride back and forth. And, <laughs> okay. And uh, I've got friends that have done it quite a few times. And I assume you're going the, in summer. The Can-Am Highway, they said, is just a beautiful road going up through. I'm sure, yeah, that that definitely has to check out. Yeah. Okay. Well, later on, I'm going to ask for a, a top five of the the top five places that you've visited on those back roads and and seen. So, mm. actually, that no, that that's the next one. We're going to do that now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to need a top five. So go ahead and think while I kind of explain the rules of the top five. But but the uh, obviously we have to have we have to start at number five. Because everyone wants to hear the top one, we got to build up that 
that expectation. You can't start at number one. So, all right, what's what's the fifth coolest place around the around the country? I don't know if you've mentioned that you've gone to Canada yet. Yes, but, we've been to Canada uh, okay. quite a few times. Where's the coolest place that you've gone on a on a motorcycle? That uh, uh, in uh, in Canada was uh, kind of I guess. Uh, Sorry, number um, five coolest place. This will be number five. Um, that would be uh, Canada's longest zip. Okay. And we stumbled across it just out of Thunder Bay when we were doing the circle tour around Lake Superior, and they just opened. And uh, so we decided it was $50 a person, so us three guys that were on the trip, the girls didn't want to do it, um, decided to do the zip line. And just opened us in like they they tested it out right they didn't they weren't using but, you as guinea pigs <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we're up there getting ready to go and uh, the guy at the bottom was is with the walkie talkie talking to the guy at the top and he's telling he says you know tell them not to to swing when they get to the bottom because they're missing the break <laughs> and uh, so and it was a beautiful ride all the way down going through this valley over a creek. You get to the end and you're coming across a pond and there's a dock that you're going to land on and hanging from it is a nut that's about 12 inches, a metal nut that they use like on power line poles, yeah. hanging from the cable for the braking mechanism and it's right in front of your face. So that's what does point. everybody do? They duck. <laughs> it causes the swing to stick to the side and miss the brake. <laughs> and so... After I ducked and the guy had to pull me back, I said, I says, you know, if you wrap that in foam or something, yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't duck, but it's just a natural reaction to get your head out of the way of this piece of metal. Um, we did go back there 10 years later, and, and uh, they had upgraded. Oh, good. good. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that, was, that was my first, that was, that was a fun experience. So they responded to customer feedback. That's good. Um, All right, number four. Number four, uh, Bar Harbor, when we did our East Coast, my wife wanted to go to Bar Harbor at Bob's. Okay. So, I was going to say, I've never heard of anyone saying they really want to go to Bar Harbor, but yeah, okay. Yeah. She wanted to have lobster in Bar Harbor. That was on her bucket list. So I, uh, we found a place, to, a motel, and it was a beautiful sunny day, and we asked the lady how far it was to Bar Harbor, and she said it's about 10 minutes up the road. So we just jumped on the bike and headed up there. Had dinner, and the sun went down, and it got cold. And we didn't have anything with us because it was a beautiful day when we left. And she'd said 10 minutes. It was more like 30. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so we had to go buy some, go to the gift shop and buy some sweatshirts and uh, ride back to the hotel and and we didn't have room since we were on a 30-day trip. We were already packed to the hilt. Yeah. So the next day we had to go to the post office and <laughs> fold up these sweatshirts that we bought and shipped them back home. <laughs> nice. All right, number three. Uh, number three, I'd say uh, Glacier National Park was, was neat. Um, on the bike. I was going to say, these other ones had such rich stories with them, and then you're like, the uh, Glacier Park was uh, neat. Glacier was just beautiful. Um, okay. Nothing exciting happened in Glacier, but it was, it was a beautiful spot. 
Okay. Uh, I've been there. It's I, I was like a kid, and yeah, checks out. It was very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. We did Glacier and Yellowstone for our honeymoon when we first uh, got married. So it was nice. kind of a return trip, and our twenty fifth when we went there. All right, number two. Ah, uh, I gotta say Sturgis. Um, just because it's gotta be on the it's, list. It's, if, it's yeah. fun. The roads are unbelievable out there. It's always fun. Yeah. So so we enjoy that. Got to go with all your other Harley enthusiasts. Yep. Okay. All right, number one overall. It has to beat Sturgis. So. Number one overall, it was again on our 25th wedding anniversary. Um, we were coming back through, uh, um, through California and Nevada, and on my bucket list was to stop at the Bonneville Salt Flats. <laughs> And I pictured this big racetrack, you know. Yeah. And uh, we came into the town, which I would have thought would have been named Bonneville, but it's not. Um, but riding into town, there's chunks of salt all over the road. And uh, we're riding out of town, and there's this little tiny sign that says Bonneville Salt Flats. And I take a left, and it's a little two-lane road that winds out through these salt flats, and I'd never seen anything like it. Um, yeah. And we're riding, and we're riding, and we're riding, and it's like we don't know where we're going, and uh, all of a sudden the road ends. <laughs> and right where the road ends, there's a bunch of trucks and trailers and stuff, and pulled up there, and the guy says, are you here for the day or the week? And I says, well, we're just passing through. I just want to see the place. And he says... Oh, $15. And so Mary Kay is paying him the $15, and, and I said, so what's going on? And he says, you don't know what's going on? I says, no, we were just passing through. And he says, it's speed week, man. Ooh. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so we rode out there, and you leave the road, and you start riding across the salt. And I didn't know if salt was going to be like beach sand or, or what, you know. So I was a little cautious driving on it, yeah. Um, but it's it's hard crust, just like a, a road. And we rode all the way as far as we could, parked the bike, and uh, walked up to watch the drag racing. And we were find out that we were at the three mile mark. Um, one of the local guys that goes there every year with his family was narrating for us, and uh, they had three runs that they have. And at the three-mile mark, they're up pretty much up to speed. Yeah. And uh, we, I, I watched the car. It was a Corvette. I didn't know it at the time, but it's a dot off in the distance three yeah. miles away. And they had a two-way or an AM radio that was playing the announcer. And, and you see this dot come at you, and, and when it comes by, it's just, boom. <laughs> it's, it's just a blur. And uh, when he came back, then I knew it was a Corvette. But <laughs> that explains. <laughs> it was it was, uh, it was just neat and and uh, and it was so laid back. We he encouraged us to go up there. He, he says you go up there and you can talk to the drivers, you can touch the cars, um, and so that experience was just the coolest thing. And like I say, we just kind of we knew we were in the area and just wanted to stop and see it. Yeah, well, that was that was a heck of a good timing there on your part. Yeah, that was it was unbelievable. All right, well, we'll we'll get into the five important questions after these uh, imaginary 
you know, there's going to be some graphics here. <laughs> Five important questions. Five important, Five important questions. questions. Five important questions. Now we're into the five important questions. I'm sorry I wasted your time with all these other ones that were not important. <laughs> um, and we're going to start off pretty heavy here. So what would you say your greatest success in life is? Uh, my family. Yeah. All my kids are happy and healthy. I was going to say that is the cliche answer. So I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you do it. <laughs> Uh, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice when you started your career, what would it be? Um, don't spend so much money. <laughs> <laughs> I wasted a lot of money on toys. <laughs> that's fair. I think that's what you're supposed to do when you're younger, though. So That's what I thought, too. So. <laughs> uh, what is your most embarrassing moment in your career? Oh, boy. Most embarrassing moment in my career. Um, I've noticed it's kind of tough for people to come up with this answer. I, I think rental people don't seem to embarrass easily. No. I. Why? I know it for other people. But. <laughs> <laughs> this, this isn't a <laughs> I can't just um, tell everyone else's embarrassing stories. Hi, boy. I can't even really move on to the next one because it kind of depends on this one. For yeah, I, you know, it could be embarrassing, but I think I knew it. I, I, one thing that popped in my head. I remember a guy tipped over a trencher, and I went out on the service call and I tipped it up, and I pulled the spark plug out, and. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I warned him to move before I pulled the recoil rope, but it doused him in oil. <laughs> um, I, I think I felt bad for him, but I don't know that I was embarrassed. <laughs> okay, well, we'll call that close enough. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny to me, but I couldn't laugh. <laughs> uh, all right, well, sorry you've, you've been sentenced to death. Uh, you did get to find out how you were going to die, and it's you're getting put to death because you can't, Pour oil all over, <laughs> all over people. Um, what, what's your final meal and, and why? Uh, boy, it's got to be a good hamburger cheeseburger. <laughs> mm, all right. <laughs> Nothing better. Wait, what's, what's a good hamburger cheeseburger? Oh, nice, nice, juicy. Okay. Tender, flavorful burger. Okay, you're not going to go? Where you... You know a burger is good when you don't have to put ketchup on it. <laughs> okay, all right. No sauces, just a good meat. All right, any sides? Any sides for your burger? Any uh, yeah, uh, drinks? Yeah. Of course. Fries and a Jack and Coke. <laughs> all right. I think we agree entirely on, on taste there. Uh, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? And again, this is like a snap change, not a like gradual improvement a snap change that i'd be much better looking <laughs> see i i i noticed that people don't think outside the box enough it's like you could have superpowers oh yeah <laughs> well, then i should take care of that <laughs> yeah. uh if you could change one thing about the rental industry what would it be 
change one thing about the rental industry. Um, Again, snap change. More profitable. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the easiest one to go for. <laughs> that's a cheat question. Um, you know, yeah, I, I want to, I, I feel like I want to leave the industry better with what I've done, I guess, um, okay. through my work with ARA and input. But uh, yeah, I. The neat thing about the rental industry, in my opinion, is that everybody's really friendly. Um, and they all get to run their businesses the way they want to run it. I've yeah. toured over 300 rental stores in the last few years. And, you know, everything from a single-person-run operation up to a chain of 30 rental stores. And, and uh, you see how everybody does it differently but it works for them yeah oh yeah that remi you, you reminded me that i know i've seen you associated with the area in some way what what exactly are you within the area so uh, right now i'm serving as the region six director okay. for the area so i sit on the area board of directors um and then i represent minnesota north and south dakota nebraska kansas missouri and iowa when i'm at the board so, okay. and is that something like someone else nominated you for? Did you like say you wanted to be nominated for it, or is this just somebody, someone submitted your name and you're like somebody uh, submitted okay. my name for it, and uh, so I got the call um, that I got nominated for it, and I accepted it. Okay, um, I was going to say they, you did have to accept I, it or yeah, something. Right? I, I could have said no, but um, it has been very rewarding. Like I say, I um, it's it's uh, it's been a good time. It, everybody always says that. It kind of cliche that uh, whenever you volunteer, you get more out of it than what you put into it, but it is true. And yeah. like I say I've made great connections with other rental operators, and they've helped me out, and I hope I've helped them out over the years. And and uh, it, it's it's been real good. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, I I got to get back to my five important questions. I just wanted to ask <laughs> that. Uh, Oh, yeah, if you could change one thing at Point of Rental, what would it be? Is it going to be the locker thing? Do you need it now? <laughs> I'd have to say that. Um, um, that they'd, they'd get the, the touchless rental figured out. Okay. Um, that would be my one thing. <laughs> Makes sense. I can appreciate that. Uh, what is your spirit spice? What's my what? Spirit spice. Spirit spice? It's like a spirit animal, but with spices. Uh, habanero? Okay. <laughs> so you've got a lot of it is what you're saying. Yeah. Got, all right. Uh, let's see. Tell me a secret about the rental industry. Secret about yeah, the rental Yeah, now that you're industry. so powerful within the area, you have to know all the secrets about rental, right? <laughs> uh, when are you putting this out? No, I can't, <laughs> I can't say it. Um, let's see. Secret about the rental industry well, that most people don't know is the rental industry is, is very fun to be in. Um, most people don't realize how much knowledge it takes to be in it. Um, how many, you, you need to know a little bit about everything. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think most people don't 
don't understand that. They look at it from the outside and don't understand what it takes to, to do your job right. For sure. I, I actually, and this was 20, 25 years ago, I worked with a college to do a marketing program. And uh, so I was trying to explain to these college kids what we do. And I said, well, picture you get in your car and you drive down to the store to get some, a bag of chips. When you come back from the store, you wash your car, you vacuum your car, you check the oil, you check the tires, you fill it up with gas. I says, that's what we do. I says, every time something leaves here and it comes back, we have to go through the whole thing so that the next person has the same experience that you did with that car. Um, I says, so I says, it, it's a lot to, to do. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where before coming to Point of Rental, I'd, I think I maybe rented something once, but I hadn't really gone through rental. And it's like, I didn't even consider that it needed its own specialized software. And like ever since being here, it's like, wow, this is really, really a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And my, my son, he, uh, he just does weddings. Enjoys the heck out of it. He loves it. He does all the high end, you know, big tents and everything, and does a great job at it. Not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a bobcat every day of the week, and and he he likes his tents and floors. But uh, I say he he loves it, and, and uh, it's it's fun to watch him be successful doing it. Good. Yeah, like the, it seems like you you got your kids to. Uh, to take on those parts that you don't like. <laughs> it's like, all right, you, you got the finances, you get the, the party. I used to say that at the table when they were younger. I'd look around and I'd say, I don't know how y'all came out of me because you're all so different. <laughs> Did you ever have like a training like, don't be good at the things that I'm good at? <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I tried to teach them. In don't fact, duplicate my, things. Come on. My daughter, uh, I think it was her fifth grade class, had to do a presentation in front of her class on how something worked yeah and so she taught everybody how to rebuild a carburetor so wow um. <laughs> i think a lot more complex than what my daughter I think would have done for that all right well uh that's that's all the questions that i had for you uh i forgot to mention that i do give other people an option you can ask me one question i get to ask you lots of questions you can only ask me one uh, what's your favorite part about working at Point of Rental? Hmm. I mean, there there are a few things. So obviously, I like that I do have uh, a lot of creative freedom. That uh, working for Lauren, she's generally a a pretty. She trusts me to do whatever. I'm not gonna. I obviously don't want to get in trouble. I'm a general rule follower, so. Um, I have a lot of trust within the organization and then obviously coming to events like this and you're correct when you talk about the rental industry. I've worked in a lot of other industries, uh, rental industry by far like the most friendly, like easiest to get along with people that it's like, it's very comfortable like working with this group. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I hope that was sufficient for you because <laughs> you only get one question. Um, and Thank you again for joining me on the front porch and thanks to everyone who's who's watching um if you made it to the end of this video uh we'll keep the porch light burning for you <laughs> <laughs>